Okay, we continue the Gomorrah Moed Cotton sign of a base. So we've been uh, dealing with this Machlokas, Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda. If we send a coin to check out uh, the Tsaras of a person or not, Rabbi Meir basically is saying that we could check to see what's good, but we don't have to say what's bad. Rabbi Yehuda says, no, if you go, you're going to have to say. So some, it's better not to go sometimes. So we had a statement of Rebbe who, who ruled on the area. We've also had a statement of where there is the Machlokes and where there is not the Machlokes. So now what the Gemara is going to bring is it's going to go back and requote Rebbe who says, I, I seem to rule like Rebbe Meir in this case and Rebbe Huda in that case. They're going to bring that statement again. And then bring a contradictory statement from Rebbe, who says the opposite. And that has to be resolved. And we will explain that, but that's the next part. Omar Mar, let's go back to the rice that we quoted above. The master said the following. Omar Rebbe, Rebbe said, Nirin Rebbe Yossi b'muchlat. I appear to rule like Rebbe Yossi by a muchlat. Muchlat is a mitzora muchlat. He's already... Oh, separated from the community, and now you want to check him. So I say not to go like Rabbi Yehuda. Uh, I'm saying yes to yes. Uh, to go like Rabbi Yossi, rather, not Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yossi, to rule like Rabbi Yossi, who says we don't check him out. We don't go at all. Why? Uh, because if he now, uh, if he's a Torah Muchlat, and he will now become Tor. What's going to happen? He has to leave the. He can uh, come back to the community, but now he has to separate from his wife. So therefore, better not, better not to go at all. While if you'd hold like Rabbi Mayer, uh, you know you, you got a problem. So he said, "I hold like him in that case." Vidivri Rabbi Mayer b'muskar, but with a muskar, a mitzora muskar. I hold like Rebbe Mayer. Why? Because now, if he will check him out, he can now, if he is uh, a muskar, and now if he'll be okay, then he can only gain. Because now he was separated from his wife, and if he becomes Tor, okay, now he's not separated from his wife. Therefore, I'll hold like Rebbe Mayer that we should check him out and something good can come out from that. That's what he said the first time. But for Hatanya, we learn in a brisa, Ipcha, the exact opposite. Uh, in other words, he holds like Rabbi Meir by a confirmed Mitzorah. He holds like Rabbi Meir that we do check it out, even though that's going to now make him separate from his wife. And he holds like uh, Rabbi Yossi with respect to a confined one. So how is it? And let's see. Okay, we already discussed uh, all these differences. I don't have to repeat them again. So now the Gemara stated above, the Reb Meir, whoa, I don't have to say all this. I already said it so many times. I'm not going to repeat it again. So it's a contradiction between Rebbe, who is he holding like in which case? So the Gemara gives an answer. Guess what? Tanoihi, it's a malchlokes, tanoim. Eliba de Rebbe, according to Rebbe. In other words, as a machlokas, what did Rebbe rule? In other words, Rebbe ruled like Rebbe Meir in one case, 
and like Rabbi Yossi and another. And then that's one rabbi said. And another rabbi said, no, Rabbi, Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda flipped it. He'll look Rabbi in the other case and Rabbi Yossi in the other case. And why is this? Now we come back to that issue I brought up in the beginning. In other words, we're trying to make things better for the guy. So what's better for the guy? To be with his wife or to be with the community? So now it's a machlokas. We know that Rebbe wants to paskin in a way that makes it better for the guy. But now the other people are saying, well, what's better for the guy? Is it better? You're going to get one or the other. You don't get both. In one situation or two situations, it was going to switch. If you have the community, you don't have your wife. And if you get switched, you don't have the community, but you do have your wife. And vice versa. But what's what's better for the guy? Does he prefer to be with community? Or does he prefer to be with his wife? So that's a machlokas of later tanoim. And therefore they are arguing in... They know that Rebbe says, I rule like each of them in certain situations because it makes it better for the guy. That's what they heard from Rebbe. So now each one said, okay, what's better for the guy? So one student thought, what's better for the guy is to be with his wife. So now he's going to hold like these people when it becomes better for his wife. The other one said, no, Rebbe means better means better to be with the community. And therefore he will switch. There'll be the opposite opinion in that area. So Marsov, or one of them thought, it's better for him to be with the community. That's the latter, Brysa. Holds that a man's main concern is with being allowed into society and desires this even means that he may not be with his wife at this time. Thus, it's permitted for a coin to examine a confirmed Mitzorah on Cholomoy, a Mitzorah Muchlat. Why can he check him out? Because right now he has to leave the community in his state that he's now. And he can be with his wife. But now if we find out that he is tar, now he can go back to the community even though he's not going to be with his wife. But that's better for him to be with the community. Therefore, I hold like Reb Meir, Bayad Mitzorah Muchlat, because that would be the better situation. On the other hand, you can't check a, a confined Mitzorah this kind of mitzorah, because it could be that he's going to become Tome. If he becomes Tome, he has to leave the community, but then again, he doesn't separate from his wife, but being with community is the better situation, so better not to check it out at all. Umar Sarm, the other one, holds the opposite. He'd rather be with his wife, and therefore it flips around the other way. First price holds, a man prefers to be with his wife. Even at the expense of being taken away from the community. So a coin can be can examine a confined mitzar and chalamoy, determine whether he's tor or not. If the coin declares him tor, he certainly gains because he can now even be with his wife. And even if he's a confirmed mitzar, he's still with his wife. On the other hand, a coin can't uh, examine a confirmed mitzar to determine if he's tor, because if he's tor, he'll have to be away from his wife. So therefore, there's the we all, Rabbi Yossi says, I rule like Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda and like Rabbi Yossi when it'll be better for the guy. The only question is, what is better for the guy? And that's a machlok is what's better for the guy. Maybe, maybe they should ask the wife. <laughs> well, you know, you have to make, you can't, you can't, you have to make it a general rule across the board. Actually, it is a point that Shelly asked it. What if the wife didn't need that? 
things. Oh. Isn't it the perspective of what's better for him because he needs oh. to get uh, more than that? Yeah. First of all, it's more than being intimate. I mean, it's it's being with your wife. I mean, yeah, I hear. I hear. I'm sorry. You can't do tshuva without the community. You can't do. First of all, sometimes you do better tshuva not being in the community. Remember, the whole point is, the whole point is, why are we separating him from the community? <laughs> that he should self-introspect. And if he's in the community, he's going to kiddishes and all these other things. He can distract himself very easily. So there is uh, that issue. Okay, now we're going to go back, and there are certain assumptions we made all along that now the more is going to start questioning the assumptions. Everything we based, everything we're learning on, especially these ideas, when must he separate from his wife or not, we assumed that if a, if a, if a person is a for sure mitzorah, he's allowed to be with his wife. Moore says, where did you get that from? Lememra, do you mean to say the muchlat mutter betashim samita? A confirmed Mitzorah is permitted to have relations. That's right. Mitzorah Muchlat does not have to separate from his wife. Is that the case? Sazin, yes, it is. But I will agree it is a Machlokas. And I'm going to bring a Brisa that brings the Machlokas. But according to Rebbe, remember the idea is Rebbe. Rebbe's ruling like one over the other. And then there's an opinion that says because he's permitted to his wife. And therefore, what... So we're going to see that Rebbe does hold that a Mitzorah Muchlat, a confirmed Mitzorah, is permitted to his wife. Now it's all based on a Pasuk. Vahatanya, and this time Vahatanya means, and, the, and I'm going to show you a proof that Rebbe holds that a confirmed Mitzorah is permitted to his wife. Let's take a look at this Pasuk. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, now let's just move this over a little bit. I gotta move this up. <laughs> okay, it says Vechibes Hamitaher Esbegadov. The person being purified shall immerse his clothing. Vigilach is called Saro. And he will shave off all his hair. And he'll immerse himself in water. And he will be pure. And then he can enter the camp. But this is in the purification stage, right? But the but he shall dwell outside of his house. Shiva seven days. This is the Tahar after Hechlet. Okay, he begins to purify himself, but there's still going to be seven days of waiting. He can come back to the community, but he has to separate from his wife. What word told us that he separates from his wife? Oh, hell. Right. It says, Yoshav, he dwells outside of his house. What does that mean? Okay. So it's this the seven day period of purification. Then that means to say, He is forbidden to have relations. How do you get from that? He stays out of his house. That he's, what does a house have to do with relations? Ah, because it's a code word. What does the word his tent mean? Ella ishto. 
it means his wife. It means he has to be outside of his wife. Not his tent per se, but outside of his wife. How do we know that tent is a code word for a wife? We have it when the people, after hearing the Aseris at Debros, Hashem told Moshe, tell every man he can go back to his tent now that we've finished the Sinai revelation. Shenemar, Hashem says to Moshe, Lech emor lahem, go say to them, Shuvu lachem go back to your tents. And there it's explained, remember that for three days before they got the Torah, they had to separate from their wives. So now, why would he have to say, go back to your tents? Because now he's saying after they got the Torah, that ban was lifted. And therefore, when they say go back to your tents, it means return to your wives. Okay, so what is that saying? It's So now let's go back. So now, what, so what's it saying? It's saying in this case over here, he's a Tahar after Mukhlat. It says what? Does he have to leave the community? No, he comes back to the community. But... He now must separate from his wife. Now, the question, all we know right now, I've given you the conclusions according to Rebbe. Forget about everything else you've seen up here. We were just focusing on this Pasuk only. This Pasuk only says, once the guy is tar, after it was confirmed, the Torah says he can go back to the community and he is prohibited to his wife. The question is, what was he before? Before, when he was Tommy, what was he? Well, let's see. Let's see. Rabbi Yehuda, remember, it's going to be a machlokas here. Rabbi Yehuda says, Shivas Yomim Yisaprulo, the Torah says they count seven days for him. So during these seven days, what do we say? Yemei Safiro, marital relations are forbidden only in Yemei Sefiro, his days of counting, but below Yemei Chaluto, but not on the days when he was a confirmed Mitzara. That's the implication, because after he's tar, it says he can come back to the tent. That's when he's permitted. But before, when he was a for sure, he couldn't be with his wife. That's the, yeah, that's why Rashi and Tosos, uh they take out the Pusky Yecheskel. Okay, fine. Rabbi Yehuda derives this rule from the original verse, and he shall dwell outside his tent for seven days, which implies it's those seven days, but not earlier. Not earlier. Okay, so that's very good. The Pasuk says in the seven days where he's tar, but he still has to go through the process, he can come back to the community, he must sever his wife, implying that in the step before this, when he was a muchlat, he could have been, he could not be with Kabuli, but he was not prohibited from his wife. So that is what Rabbi Yehuda holds. Yes. Yes. Well, let's see. Very good, Shelley. Rav Yosef, Rav Yehuda Omer, is another opinion. Rav Yosef, Yehuda says, Zion Yemei Sviro, the seven days where he's counting, he must separate from his wife. And guess what? All the more so, he would put in a yes over here. He has to be separated from his wife 
during the seven days where he is a confirmed muhlat one. He, he, that's why he's saying, instead of saying permitted, permitted, he's saying uh, not permitted, not permitted. He's yeah, saying if he... That's if, pretty strange. Oh, so that's what he said. So now we have a machlokas. Everybody agrees. The Torah says he has to separate from his wife when he becomes Torah for those seven days he's counting. Torah did not specifically say, what about when he's a muhlat? So either we're going to imply that now he's ushered his wife, but before he was okay, or no, he's still ushered to his wife. So this is the machlokas, is a muhlat, a confirmed mitzorah, is he permitted it from his wife or not? There's no direct pasuk that says yes or no. question is, do we make an implication that says when he goes out to the community, that's when he's ushered, but not before, or no, all the more so even before. That is the machlokas. Now, we want to know what's... Oh, so we have two people, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi Yehuda. So now, the Amar Rabchian, Rabchian now says, Danti lifnei Rabbi, I reasoned before Rabbi. Rabbi is the one we're interested in now. I said to my Rabbi like this, Limadatana Rabbeinu, you taught us our master. Now we go back to one of the not such good kings of the Jewish people that I mentioned to you a couple days ago. Towards the end of the Beis Hamikdash period, there's a king by the name of Yosam. Okay, Yosam lo Yosam was conceived from Uziah, who was the king before that, to, uh, uh, at no other time except during the seven days. When he had Saras and he was a muhlat and he was confined uh, out of the community, he was a confirmed, a confirmed Matsara, and that's when his wife got pregnant and had their son Yosem. Okay, you taught us that. So, Amarlo, and Ray replied to him. No, he was, no, muhlat. Must he separate from his wife? No. So then he's permitted. So di- didn't the Rebbe teach us this? Amrla and Rebbe replied to Rebchia, Indeed, I did say this. So what do we see? That Rebbe permits a confirmed Mitzorah to be engaged in marital relations. Now, a healed Mitzorah cannot engage in marital relations during his purification period. Therefore, according to the view that one prefers his wife's company to that of others, it's considered a detriment to the festival joy for the confirmed Mitzorah to be declared healed. That's why one Bryce quotes Rebbe is forbidding the examination. She says, yeah, that's what I told you. And we're going to see w- how we prove that. All right. I hope so. In words, there's a whole discussion of how old Yosem was. And if you make all the calculations and how many years Yosem reigned while his father was still alive, the calculation comes out. The only time they could have been intimate is when he was a muhlat which was for a certain period of time. Anyway, but that's beyond what we want to get into right at this moment. But either way, you see that Rebbe rules that a muhlat, a confirmed tsar, can be with his wife, and that's the whole point, that Yosam was conceived by Uziah when he was a tsar. So there's a machlokes, and Rebbe holds that, no, it's he's allowed to be with his wife, fact he's allowed to be with his wife now when we have to decide when the coin should check should always be in a way that being with his wife has the upper hand that's all we're trying to prove and that's what Rabbi Yossi says 
Okay. Maybe. Maybe. But we'll still see. The Gemara is now going to get into the Machlokas of Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Yehuda with Rabbi Yehuda. But all we wanted to do right now is, Gemara says, how do we know that Rabbi Yossi holds a guy would prefer to be with his wife? He says, yes, we know that. Oh, but how do you know that a muchlat can be with his wife? So there it is. Rabbi Yossi said a muchlat can be with his wife. That's all we wanted to prove. We want to understand why did Rabbi Yossi say what he said? Because he holds that a muchlat can be with his wife and he'd prefer to be with his wife. Whatever makes him better than his wife. And therefore, we brought a machlokas, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi Yehuda. Is when the Torah said, when he becomes purified, he's prohibited to his wife, does it mean then but not before, or kalvachomer before? So then we go back to that machlokas. Let's go back. Okay. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yossi, the son of Yehuda, holds that goli rachmona bimei sviro, Hashem revealed that marital relations are forbid, forbidden during the seven days of counting. All the more so when he's confined. Umar Sover, and the other one holds, no. My degoli goli, that which the Torah revealed is prohibited, is revealed. Umay de logoli, logoli. And whatever he does not, the Torah does not reveal, we don't reveal. Don't make any kalvachoimers. Now, Tosvos wonders, how can Rabbi Yehuda ignore the Kalvachomer said by Rabbi Yossi? We always derive laws through Kalvachomer. In other words, or uh, he's a Kalvachomer, right? So what, what, what are you, how are you going to answer the Kalvachomer? He's saying if when he's pure, he's prohibited from his wife. Certainly when he's a Muchlat, he should be prohibited. Good logic. Okay, I'm, I'll agree the Torah didn't say, but what do you need the Torah to say it for? Isn't it a Kalvachomer? So Tosvos gives three answers. Yehuda had some basis for refuting the Kavachomer. We don't know what that might be. He held that since it's a novel rule that is prohibited from his wife, it cannot be extended beyond what is stated explicitly. Or the verse, and he shall dwell outside his tent for seven days, implies that the earlier period of confirmed saras is excluded. Okay. According to Talmud, Rabbi Yechiel Paris, the implication that the Mitzvah remains outside of his tent only when there is a set number of days for complete purification. When we know it's seven days and that's it, then he's also to his wife. But when he's Mokhlat, we don't know how long it's going to be. That's a good point. No, he could be a Mitzvah Mokhlat forever. Mokhlat, when he's a for sure Mitzvah, if he doesn't do Tshuva, he could be like like Uziah was for 25 years a Mitzvah. A, mu, a muskar can only be for two weeks. That's got to go one way or the other. But he can be a muklat for his whole life. Do so you understand? That's not a kavachimer. For seven days, you're a prohibited wife. I get it. Okay, what do I want to imply? Well, if he's a muklat for sure. Wait a minute. A muklat could be forever. So for seven days, yes. If muklat was only seven days, then you'd have a kavachimer. But since a muklat could be forever, you can't say a kavachimer. That that's a good way out of that. Okay, so we said something about kolvachomer. We derive a lot, but we don't derive a lot from kolvachomer. You don't punish from a talvachomer. You don't punish. This is not considered a punishment. No, punishment is lashes, death. But uh, to be away from it, that's part of a purification process. That's not okay. Now, so very good. Now we've cleared one hurdle. That what? 
Rebbe holds a muchlat, a confirmed matzah, is allowed to be with his wife. And therefore, when the machlokas of Rabbi Yossi and, um, and Rabbi Meir is when do we send the coin or not, it depends on what will work out better for the man. And that's a machlokas. Does he prefer to be with his wife or does he prefer to be with the community? Fine. Now we come back to another assumption that was troubling us. We said the coin can uh, not say anything. According to Rabbi Meir, coin can look and not say anything and nothing happens. To which the Gemara is going to say, since when does that happen? Since when do we say the coin can withhold saying what's there? That's something I told you, just accept it. So now the Gemara is going to say, well, why do why would we accept that premise? If he sees it, shouldn't he just declare? what? Since when can he not declare this? So it's a fundamental question on Reb Mayer's opinion. How can you not declare? Now, Lememra, do you mean to say, it all depends on the Kohen. It depends on what he says. And until he reaches the verdict, he doesn't. You want to say that's the way it is? All dependent on that? Or says, hey, yes, yes, that's very true. Uh, Tanya, I'll bring you a Brisa that shows, and now we're going to have a number of different proofs. So different rabbis give different proofs to say it depends on the coin speech or not. Here's one example. The Pusik says, Ubiyom heiraos bo. Torah says, but on the day healthy flesh is observed in it, it shall be tummy. What's going on? The Pusik's talking about a man whose entire body from head to foot was covered with saras. That's the case that Torah's talking about. What do we say? What's the law of such a person? Tahar. I know that's illogical. You'd figure that he should be tummy. If one little spot makes him tummy, the whole body should make him tummy. Okay, there's a whole discussion about that, why he's tar. It's a but that is, we'll call it a chok for right now. He's completely tar. Now, but what if now, after that, a small portion of flesh turns to normal? So now he's not completely tzaras. So it becomes tameh since the tzaras no longer covers his entire body. Now the price of folks on the opening word, it says, ubiyom. And on the day, healthy flesh is observed in it. Why does it say ubayom? On the day. Gamora is asking a, what do you call it, a rhetorical question. Yesh yom shatarotzebo. Is there a day where the coin observes its status? The yom, the yesh yom shiatarobo? And there's a day he does observe the status? In other words, why are you saying it? On the day that he observes the status. Meaning to say, I guess on certain days the coin does not view the afflictions. In other words, on the day that it's shown. We're on the day that it's shown. Is there, which implies, and a day that it's not shown? What's a day that's not shown? Why well, say shown? Just say, if it gets better. Just say, if it gets better. Why well, say, if, if on the day it is shown that it gets better? What are you going to say on the day it gets shown that it's better? Implying there's days that it's not shown. Ah, mikan over from here, we say that there's times we don't want the Kohen to look at it. And what's a good example of this? Chasan, a groom who has seven days of Shever Brachas. Shinolad Bonega, who all of a sudden in the middle of Shever Brachas has a little bit of a questionable Tzaras. So we don't go. No, we give him the seven days of celebration. For who? Look who gets all this time off. Lo, him we don't check. Ulabeso for his household, his house, and for his clothing. Doesn't matter, we don't check it out. We delay it. Now, why are we delaying it? Because if if the coin comes, 
and he's going to say it's going to be bad. So here we just better don't come. Similarly, the Chaim Beregel also on a Jewish festival. No stin lo shivas yumei haregel. We give him the seven days of the holiday. Divrei Rabbi Yehuda. These are the words of Rabbi Yehuda. So then a Kohen cannot come during Kol No, he chooses not to come. Yeah, well, no, 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 no. We only in a way that would make it worse for him. But yeah. if it makes it better for him, he would come. How would you know that before he comes? Oh, so if it's, que- you're right. If it's questionable, then he doesn't come. You're right. If it's questionable, he doesn't come. If he's a Mitzorah already, now all those rules go by the wayside. But we're, you're right. That would be another example of having him come a Cholomite as well. So this is all what Rabbi Yehuda says. For Rabbi Omer, Rabbi says, no, 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 no. This drusha is not necessarily teach me that it depends on the coin. I can find you another drusha. Harehu Omer, I'll give you a second different source. It says, Fitziva HaKohen, this talk about where there's questionable Taras in a house. Oh, sorry. So, when it's questionable Tzara in the house, he already checked once, so I'm not sure. I'll come back. Now he comes back. He takes a look at the house. And now what does Tar say? And the coin shall command and they shall clear the house before the coin comes to look at the affliction so that everything in the house shall not become tummy and afterwards the coin shall come and look at the house. So what do we see from that? Until he says it. So we wait. So if we wait for an inspection for something that's a discretionary matter, Meaning it's just a monetary loss, which is bad, but it's not a mitzvah or anything like that. We delay that. So now if the guy is a chassan or something like that, call shekein litvar mitzvah, wouldn't all the more so be if it's for a mitzvah? So now we see two different proofs. One says a proof from the pasuk. The other one says, and, and that was for any uh, situation. And the other one is speak about a house. So now there's two different sources that it depends on the coin. It's not like my been asked. So what's the difference, this source, the other source? So one answer is, How do you interpret the psukim? Okay, they both agree. There's no halakhic difference. So I use this source, I use that source. So it's just a, a source argument. Rava says, no, it's a big difference. Rava, Whether we postpone for discretionary matters. Rebbe's peaks, peaks, choosing the Pusik for discretionary matters. From discretionary, see, even discretionary matters. Then one says it's not about discretionary matters, not for discretionary matters. And therefore, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, uh, oh, so that is the Ika Benayhu. Okay, let's stop it over here. We'll have a little bit more to discuss in this Machlokas, Rabbi Yehuda and Rebbe, as to what the actual source is. Okay, so we'll say Bon Voyage.